Azalea, you want to start? Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Azalea. And I'm Iqbal. And this is the He Says... She Says... They Say they Podcast. Say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of the He Says, She Says, They Say podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Oi Kok Hin, a former Penang Institute researcher and current Waseda University graduate student. Kok Hin, say hello to the audience. Hi guys. <laughs> you sound so excited to be here. Hi folks. Can you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience and just tell them a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I'm Kohin. I am currently a graduate student at the Graduate School of Political Science in Waseda University in Tokyo. My research is about the politics of student debt, but I've also been taking a few different classes on different subjects, such as the one that we will discuss today, I believe, about game theory. So I'm looking forward to our discussion today. And we are indebted yeah. for you for joining us today. Yeah, it's an honor. Get it. Get it, get it, because debt, because student debt. Oh, okay. I got your joke. I got it. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, sh- shut up. <laughs> yeah. So today, so the reason okay. I wanted to, okay, so Koyken, you already mentioned that we want to talk about game theory. And the reason I wanted to bring you on today to talk about game theory was because I've been playing a lot of Among Us. Do you guys know that game? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I played it. Yeah. So essentially for our listeners who might not know what that is, Among Us is this game where you're astronauts on a spaceship and there can be like up to 10 astronauts on the spaceship random people right yeah unless yeah, yeah, yeah. if you have unless you friends have friends with, with you, you correct. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and so yeah there's 10 astronauts on a spaceship you guys have tasks like mm-hmm. driving the spaceship at the point fixing the engines or managing the wires and stuff like that yeah but along with the 10 of these astronauts between one to three of these astronauts are actually imposters and these imposters are there to sabotage the mission and they sabotage by just rosaking the oxygen filter or they <laughs> sabotage by killing off their fellow crewmates and so your job as a crewmate is to either finish your tasks before you get killed or to figure out who the imposters are and kick them out before they can kill any more and i was essentially put into a game theory situation when i was playing this game like a week ago Okay. So six people have been killed off. There were four of us at this point. Let's just call all of the remaining players, player one, player two, player three, and then I'm player four. I was the imposter. So I'm player four, I was the imposter. So player one, player two, player three are the crewmates. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, so like, I thought the imposters would have been generated by the people who controlled the game. Oh, no. I didn't think like real people could have been the imposters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like werewolf or mafia right yeah the player the player is the werewolf or the player is the mafia who's killing people during the rounds of the game Mm -hmm. sure okay so there's player one player two player three crewmates and me player four i'm the imposter and what is happening right now is we're holding a vote to see whether we kick anyone out and for me as an imposter the best case scenario would be if all of us decide to kick out another one of the crewmates so let's say all four of us vote to kick player one out. That will leave player two, player three, and me, player four. And that way, all I have to do is kill another person to win the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because there's enough suspicion on everyone, I don't know how anyone else is going to vote. And so the worst case scenario for me would be if they somehow all just decided that they would vote for me and kick me out, in which case I lose the rose. 
Sorry, so yeah. it, it's just I find this really funny because they're basing their decisions on incomplete information. So everyone has a probability of being the imposter now, right? So betul, betul. This is based on random choosing. I mean, you could think back and see like, okay, player one was far away from where the most recent killing occurred, so it couldn't be them. At that point, you could make the argument like, oh, but player two was relatively close to where the last killing happened, so much it could have been that. Like, mm-hmm. you have some information, but yes, you don't have all information, short of seeing the actual killing take place, which no one did. Forgive me if I if I'm wrong, but then like sometimes as I'm playing the game halfway, just doing my tasks, there will be an emergency meeting, and then someone will like pinpoint one of the person as an imposter. <laughs> Why should I believe that person? Yeah, yeah. So maybe they saw the imposter. Like in this case, if I had vented in front of one of the other players, they know I'm an imposter, so they would run to the emergency table to make a meeting and point me out. But yeah, in that scenario, point they wouldn't know whether to trust this person or not because this person could be equally suspicious. Ibar, you have to explain what vent is. Oh, so vent is like in the spaceship, either. All these udara udara punya <laughs> jalan keluar masuk, and so you boleh masuk that jalan udara and like make your way in between rooms without being seen. <laughs> Only imposter can vent. Oh yes. wow! Okay. So if someone see you venting, then you are being exposed. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that too. First time kanto. <laughs> <laughs> I was having fun. Oh, you can vent lah. Hey, best ni ada sambil suavis. Oh, he's the imposter. Wow. Okay. Okay. I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But also, also on that note, when you have an emergency meeting and you want to point out who the imposter is, the imposter themselves could be the one to point out. Yes. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So it's a strategy where some people, instead of winning by killing crewmates, they use straight up manipulation. Right. Like innocence. <laughs> yeah. 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 So quick to blame the innocent. Uh huh. And macam they go. I couldn't be the imposter. I called the meeting. Yeah. If I was the imposter, I would just kill you guys. So macam that's also a strategy while playing. Yeah. But anyway, going back to the situation that I was in. Again, the worst case scenario would be if all three of these other crewmates voted for me and kicked me out. Mm. And the best case scenario would be if I convinced the remaining two to kick one of the other guys out. In which case, all I had to do was kill one crewmate and I would win. Mm. And then in between these two. Polar scenarios, sort of like player one votes for player two, player two votes for player three, player three votes for me, and I vote for player one. So much um, if everyone has the same number of votes, no one gets kicked out, and that way I'm still in the game and I can still continue killing. Mm. But yeah, so basically I was being put into this position, and this reminded me a lot of the prisoner's dilemma. Kokin, can you explain a little bit about what the prisoner dilemma is? Okay, so prisoner dilemma is a variant of game theory. So game theory, we have many different models, many different examples. Prisoner dilemma is one of them. But I think first of all, we have to explain what game theory is, right? Yes. So game theory is basically a strategy interaction, right? Not all problems are game theoretic problems. For example, if you want to go out today, right? Yeah, is it raining? Patut tak aku bawa umbrella. <laughs> Your decision depends on probably you checking the weather app and then you think, okay, how many percent of raining? Therefore, I bring or do not bring my umbrella, correct or not? Yeah. And that is not a strategic problem. There is not a game theory problem because it's only you. There's only player one. So a strategic problem is when your decision has to be dependent on your expectations of other people's behaviors. 
So there must be at least two players, right? right? But so question, Kokin. Mm-hmm. So are all two player problems game theory problems? As in, are all problems that involve more than one player a game theory problem? Are all two player problem game theory problem? Um, only if you expect your behavior to change based on other people's behavior. Okay. Okay, let's illustrate through the example that you brought up, which is prisoner dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. So let's make a simplified version of the prisoner's dilemma. Okay, suppose two persons get caught, right? Let's give it a name. What name? Um, two people. Uh, okay, um, let's say Najib and Okay, <laughs> uh, let's say. Okay, maybe that's not the nicest thing, like they take a tanka or something. Uh. Let's say Najib and Zahid. That's fine. Oh, Najib and Zahid. Okay, good one. <laughs> Okay, in a hypothetical example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Najib and Zahid got caught together for the same crime. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the police separate them into two different rooms. The police ask Zahid, do you commit a crime? And another police separately in a separate room ask Najib the same question. Do you commit a crime? Yeah. Each prisoner, they have two choices. Number one, they can choose to diamkan diri, do not implicate themselves and do not implicate the other person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Number two, their second option is basically to tudo the other person mm-hmm. you put the blame on the other guy mm. so based on this we'll compute a 2 by 2 matrix okay yeah so imagine for kotak lah on the top left you have the payoff for a situation in which both of them choose to cooperate okay yeah. what happens is that the police will have less evidence to convict them for a higher more serious crime because it's other corroborative evidence. Mm. So maybe the police will just charge them for let's say um, five years. So they only get a jail sentence of five years each for the crime. On the bottom left, you have a situation in which one of them, let's say Najib, choose to do Zahid while Zahid diamkan diri. So what happened in that situation? Imagine kalau Najib dah tuduh, kata aku tak buat apa, Zahid yang buat. Pastu Zahid pula diamkan diri. Dia tak implicate Najib. Yeah. In that case, Najib would actually get zero zero sentence because he cooperated with the police and oh. he will serve the testimonial evidence against Zahid. So Zahid is the one who will bear the maximum jail sentence of 20 years. Yeah. Okay, so in this payoff, Najib will get zero while Zahid will get negative 20. Now, on the top right corner, you have negative 20 and zero. This is the same payoff but on the flip side. This So, maksudnya, this is the payoff in which Najib choose to diamkan diri and Zahid put all the blame on Najib. Mm-hmm. And finally, on the bottom right corner, you have negative 10 and negative 10. So, this is where both of them will do each other. <laughs> this is where both of them will accuse each other and they will split the jail sentence equally 10 years each. Yeah. Now, let's just assume I'm Najib in this case. Yeah. Think in advance, what is my payoff if the other guy, Zahid, does this particular action? I'll give you the conclusion first. Zero is better than five. Zero jail sentence is better than getting a five years jail sentence. Why do I say that? If Zahid choose to diamkan diri and I also diamkan diri, we will get five years jail sentence each. Mm. If he diamkan diri and I accuse him, I'll get zero jail sentence. Maksudnya, if Zahid diamkan diri, the payoff here is that it's better if I accuse him. Okay? Yeah. So far so good? Yeah. Okay, try to follow the next one. 10 is better than 20. So, 10 years jail sentence is a lighter jail sentence than 20 years. Betul no? Mm-hmm. Now, this is a situation in which Zahid accused me. If Zahid accused me and I diam, I get 20 years jail sentence while he gets caught free. So, I rugi. Now, if he accused me and I accuse him, we both get 10 years jail sentence. So, faham tak? 
I am Najib and I'm thinking my payoff based on Shahid punya action. Mm-hmm. In both cases, the better strategy for me is accused. So this is why in game theory we say, kalau dalam situation begini, we say the dominant strategy here is accused. Mm. Now the same goes for Shahid. The scenario that we described so far, the payoff and all that, you flip it around, Shahid also knows how this payoff yeah. works. Mm. So because of this, both of them knows the risk involved, the payoff involved, and both of them expect the other person to take the dominant strategy because that is the strategy that appeals to their self-interest. Yeah, so it's almost like a gambling yeah. <laughs> sort of situation as well, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Tapi gambling itu haram. Kita tak <laughs> We make it a halal example, lah. Huh? Okay, okay. Fair, 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 fair. Hey, kita orang mana boleh Najib, Jahid ni tak gamble kan. Tak go the anak yatim or them. Of course not. Okay, so the reason I was reminded about the prisoner's dilemma while playing the game was because, again, I don't know how the other three are going to vote. And so let's say player one votes for me, player two votes for me, but then player three votes for player one. The only way I would survive in this game is if I vote for player one too. Yeah. So now there's two votes for player one and two votes for me. Therefore, no one gets kicked out because it was a tie. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how I vote is obviously going to be influenced by how other people vote. But that is a problem. I don't know how other people are going to vote. So I think this would be a good opportunity to raise a Nash equilibrium. Kokkin, can you explain what that is? I'm sorry if I bastardize it. <laughs> so basically, uh, Nash equilibrium in layman's term is kind of like the ideal point that both sides will probably reach based on what they think is rational. Mm-hmm. So for example, the earlier case, right, yeah. the Najib Zahid one, mm-hmm. both of them accuse each other. Yeah, two negative ten, negative ten. Both of them will share and split the jail sentence for ten years. Right. Yeah. You know, that's what the model predicts based on their expectation of each other's thing. Yeah. But of course, in Iqbal's case, actually, I can see that there are some strategic elements involved that probably provoke Iqbal's thought about this being a prisoner dilemma thing, right? Mm. I can definitely see some game theoretic behavior going on here. But it's not a prisoner dilemma. I'm not too sure whether it's prisoner dilemma because in the classic formulation, there are no coordination between the prisoners. Yes. That's why they put it in separate rooms, right? So yeah, you don't know. Eh, kalau boleh bincang, dia dah lama bincang, kau tak mengaku, kau tak mengaku, okay, kita dua-dua free, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I remember in the Among Us, kan kita ada chat box. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, right. okay, in your case lah, Iqbal, it can be a prisoner dilemma only in the initial few seconds when the emergency meeting is called and then before you guys start talking. Mm. You faham? Faham. Okay, so in that case, assume lah, there are two imposters. Mm. The imposter can immediately accuse each other or they work together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can say, oh, I, I was with him, he did not commit the crime at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was only in that few seconds saja before there was any communication. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. know whether he, what you say, you say, and ha. And that can also land you in trouble if you say, oh, I was with the other imposter the whole time and I didn't see them do anything and then the other imposter says oh I was with another player and then the other player points out kau penipu eh ah uh, yeah he may deny your itulah then yeah 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 exactly. kau kena lah you know basically <laughs> yeah so that is a very fascinating problem kan but prisoner dilemma is of course just a one-off example So in game theory, there are many different examples in which instead of just being a one-off decision-making thing, mm-hmm. basically two player, but they play again and again and again. 
And of course, this will affect the behavior. Yeah. You know, you have repeated games, basically. Yeah. So, based on that past interaction, maybe kau akan build trust, kau akan build macam-macam lah. There are norms involved. Yeah. So, in that mm. case, actually, behavior pun akan jadi alter lah. I, I think we will discuss that maybe in the final segment about how we can apply this case in Malaysia lah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think we can already move there. And so the reason we have to onboard Kalkin is because you are intimately familiar with the political landscape of Malaysian issues and what's on the mind of decision makers in Malaysia. And so do you have off the top of your head any situations that fit the rubric of a game theory within the context of Malaysian political science? Well, on top of my head, this is something that I've been thinking about, but I haven't formulated the exact model. But basically, it goes something like this. Mm-hmm. Take the case of Malaysian's education system, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a very, shall I say, segregated education system. I think that's something that everyone can agree on. Yes. We have our vernacular schools. Vernacular schools are two times, satu kerajaan, satu private. Okay. And then we have our sekolah SMK, and yeah. then we have our SBP, mm. we have our MRSM, which are also under two different ministries. Mm. We have, of course, international schools and then we have the madrasa yeah Right, we have so many different types, and usually when people call for let's say sekolah satu aliran, yeah. when people call for integration, right, mm-hmm. there's always this backlash in which one side is accusing the other mm. for simplification purposes. Let's suppose there are only two sides. There's only two player in the game. Okay, yeah. one is basically Malay, one is the other non-Malay. Mm-hmm. So the non-Malay, let's take it as Chinese and Indians lah. Although we have more ethnicities than that, mm-hmm. so the Malay side will say, eh. Nak aku open my SBP YTM But kau dengan vernacular school kau macam mana mm-hmm. And then the other side will Vernacular school will say Well the ministry is not treating us fairly Can we still trust them To open up their own closed system yeah. So imagine this under a hypothetical case In which let's say A minister of education Somehow he has a lot of leverage And somehow he has a lot of popular goodwill And he wants to bring everybody together Yeah. He wants everybody to basically Overcome all these divisions Now, what will the game theoretic perspective model look like? Mm-hmm. So, the Malay player, yeah. he will probably reject opening up his SBP. He will object to doing away with the Malay schools on the grounds that it will not be reciprocated, basically. Yeah. In the sense that, well, in the past, we have given 10% matriculation. We have given 30-40% IPTA slots. We have given this, we have given that. We have conceded a lot, but the Chinese players still hold on to their vernacular school. They do not want to be integrated. So, player one, the Malays, believe that player two punya dominant strategy is to not integrate. Mm. So, that is player one's belief about player two. So, because of this, then player one will object to doing away with Malay school. And similarly, player two, the Chinese side or the non-Malay side, uh, they will always think that, well, this minister, he's good, he brings us together, but can we believe the ministry? Can we believe the whole bureaucracy? You know, over the past 40 years, they have been uh, discriminated against us, they gave us uh, very sikit punya funding dan sebagainya. Can we believe that underneath new so-called unified system, Will there be respect our culture, our curriculum dan sebagainya? Contohnya lah kan, I'm just giving example. Mm-hmm. So, on his ground, that player one will be given an advantage in the new system. And also on top of that, he will also believe that player one wants a unified system without giving away their privilege, which is the SBP MRSN lah. Yeah. So, maksudnya, dia setuju kalau, okay, kau masukkan sekolah vernacular, okay, kita gabung dengan SMK semua, but they will still hold on to the SBP, for example. Yeah. And then they will still justify that the sekolah menengah kemasa agama is special because of the religious reason. Yeah. Which is, of course, an argument itself. But I'm saying, from player 2's perspective, these are all kita je yang bagi, biorang tak bagi. 
Yeah. Faham tak? So it looks unfair to them. Yep. And both players entering into this perspective and therefore, in my opinion, whatever the minister or ministry punya good intention, it will not work lah. Yeah. So both players' dominant strategy is not to integrate. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And so when you say that both players' dominant strategy is not to integrate, is that the perception one player has for another or is that a matter of fact that both players don't want to integrate but only because of what they perceive the other player is feeling? Yeah, so that's precisely the game theoretic perspective, right? Mm-hmm. It is a fact or should I say it is a belief. This is player one's or player two's belief about the other player and that determines their behavior. Okay, so it doesn't matter if it's actually real or not. It's real in that they believe Belief that the other person feels this way. Mm-hmm, yeah, correct. So basically, game theory ni, it's basically a model for us to discuss conflict and cooperation situation. Okay, mm-hmm. so how do you present credible threats? Right? How do you threaten something in a way that the other player believe you do this? Therefore, they will not do this and so on lah. Mm-hmm. So it is your threat and commitment problem. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Contoh yang paling obvious dalam international relations. This is another field that game theory is very popularly used. So, I'm sure some of you might have heard of mutually assured destruction, right? The MAD mad thing. Yeah, huh? So, for example, you have two countries. So, let's just take Russia and United States. Yeah? To whichever two nuclear country, right? They will behave according to this game theoretic model. Lah. Kalau kau serang the other negara, let's say China attack New York. Of course, Chinese government being a rational player, they will expect that there will be retaliation, correct? No? Yes. And you can't wipe out the entire nuclear arsenal because they are dispersed. Because they are dispersed, there's always a risk of retaliation. And the damage is so huge, right? I attack New York, tinggal dia attack Moscow, contohnya. Atau dia attack Beijing. Mm-hmm. And is this ability, if you will, to see down the decision tree, to see down the consequences. It's like a chess game that you basically do not decide to take the first step of attacking using the nuclear weapon because you can see what happens down the road. Mm-hmm. No matter my first attack to be jaya ke tak, dia akan retaliate macam ni. So I can see the outcome at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are already moving away from our prisoner dilemma punya version of game theory. So in this game theory punya model, mm-hmm. it's a decision tree lah. A leads to A1, A2. A2 leads to apa? Ha, you know that kind of thing? Okay, so in the context of the school scenario, Kokin, mm-hmm. is there a mutually assured destruction scenario that fits that game? Okay, I don't want to introduce too many different terms, but mm-hmm. I, I can see how one particular term is applicable here. Okay, it's not mutually assured destruction, but this term is called Grim Trigger. Okay. So what is a Grim Trigger? Kan before this, I cakap, satu game tu dia boleh main banyak kali antara two same players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Prisoner Dilemma is a one-off game, but what if you play repeated games? So, in the context of Malaysia's and uh, Ministry of Education's contentious relationship with the vernacular schools, right? You, they have basically engaged in repeated games for the past, what, 150 years maybe? Mm-hmm. So, what is a Grim Trigger? Grim Trigger strategy is a term we use to describe dua-dua player akan cooperate until the time that one player choose the other strategy against cooperation. So, selama ni, they cooperate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For example, in the case of the Najib Jahid thing, let's say they play repeatedly, they repeatedly cooperate, for example. Yeah. But one day, Zahid defect on Najib. Mm-hmm. And from then on, even if they continue to play the game, Najib will forever not cooperate. So, this is what we call Grim Trigger. Yeah. So, in the case of Vernacular School and the MOE, I can see the Grim Trigger strategy, which is that through 
past policies and perhaps perceived discrimination, vernacular schools basically play a grim trigger, especially the Dong Chao Chong lah, basically, right? Yeah. I remember this conversation with a former Ministry of Education when he came to Japan. At the time, there was this heated issue in the Chinese school and the government. Mm-hmm. I remember he felt a bit dejected because he felt as if, why so much distrust? Mm. And I was surprised at his surprise <laughs> because I said that it's not about you, it's not about Pakatan Harapan. Sebab dia macam, dia macam euphoria, apa tu Pakatan Harapan masuk, tapi kenapa this immediate turnabout? Mm-hmm. Then I told him that, no, it's not about you, it's not about you, the person, it's not about Pakatan Harapan government. It's basically MOE dengan Dong Chao Jong. The game has started long before you masuk. So, it's not personal. Yeah. Basically, there's always this contentious relationship. Lah, basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, there's always this perceived mistrust that you're always out there to cut down something on us, you know, and you're trying to get us, you know. So, yep, that's, as that explains the non-cooperative strategy, lah, mm. I feel like. Uh, Kakin, <coughs> thank you so much for joining us today. That was... Very insightful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being game to discuss mm. this. <laughs> it's it's really interesting how game theory can be applied in real life from that aspect as well. So I never thought about it that way. Ultimately, we do understand that the conclusion is that game theory does help in real life decision making, but is quite limited because in its own definition itself, it's like the study of making decisions given incomplete information and knowledge about the decisions of others around us, right? Mm. So and what is rationality? Mm-hmm. when you are making that decision so maybe party A doesn't agree with the rationality of party B but that doesn't mean like both decisions are negative both are positive it just depends on what benefits who mm-hmm. that situation so yeah it's a very interesting way that you have analyzed the education system and also like the games that Iqbal has been playing <laughs> I'm not sure I learned anything that can make me a better Among Us player but I think <laughs> this was so enlightening anyway this is not about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so on that note lah perhaps we can wrap it up by saying something about game theory's application and limitations can. so number one I hope that maybe some of you will see that it's quite useful and interesting but of course number two I also hope that many people realize its limitations I think nowadays we emphasize too much on data and models sometimes we see something that fancy then kita orang macam oh hebatnya but actually and this is a famous game theorist also believe this lah I, I was reading his book he was saying that it's kind of like an economic fables <laughs> kau cipta story tu kau nak pass on a lesson mm-hmm. so the story has a lesson for example the prison dilemma one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's, it's still a fiction right it's still a fable yeah. you know you shouldn't too hang up and mm-hmm. jual ni yeah, yeah. uh, but I also think that it also makes the case for why it's important to collect information about your opponent yeah. right yeah. because you are thinking strategically you are thinking about okay how do I pass this law for example okay how do I pass the budget for example how do I menang the sokongan then you think about the other player's expectation and you, for you to strategize you need to collect information about your opponent what he wants what do you think he wants rationality right yeah. you're trying to compute his outcome so I think that's a yeah. useful frame for you to think like, especially as a policy maker yeah. or even as a organization you know like mm. I like that that's why they say keep your friends close enemies closer <laughs> so that's why I'm friends with April <laughs> I think we should end this podcast by like playing a round of Among Us like the three of us but then I'm guessing you guys are busy with your own lives <laughs> <laughs> you can share uh, Among Us link to your 
listeners Dude, for you. Yeah, sure. Let's play with our listeners. Kan ni boleh buat privately kan? Kau kan maybe if you want to drop a handle or a link to your works that our listeners can check out, anything you want to plug while you're here? Well, I don't really have much to plug but <laughs> this is funny. A few friends and I do have another podcast so if you're listening to this podcast and you like it, do check out another podcast. <laughs> uh, we are on Twitter called at DuriPod which is short for Duri Dalam Daging Podcast. So do check us out if you like. And we'll put the link to that in our description. Thank you so much, Kalkian, for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the He Says, She Says, They Say podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, feel free to drop us an email at info at he, she, they, say, dot com or by following us on Twitter at he, she, they, say, underscore. Peace.